All right, everybody. What is up, Internets? Welcome back to the Randy King Live podcast number three. This week, we have Mukai Moromo on the show. I just really quickly, before we introduce Mukai, want to again explain the rules of the show. The rules of the show are simple. This is a debate show. I'm trying to bring back the art of debate when it comes to martial arts, which has been lost. Nobody can seem to have discussions anymore without getting upset or uh, flaming people on the internet. So the goal of this today is to have a discussion with a friend of mine, Mukai, who I've known for a while. Um, we, it's a long time. We are going to go over uh, the rules. The rules are already sent to Mukai, but for you, the listeners... The way it works is we'll do an opening discussion. I've pigeonholed Mukai and myself. So even though we may agree on some topics, we are choosing to debate these topics. And then the final thoughts will kind of go over, bring things up. So just like the last episode where Casey, even though he agreed with something I said, he wasn't allowed to agree with it. He had to keep arguing his point. That's the point of this show. So we can start getting some find the truth through debate as opposed to through arguments and maybe come up with some new things. I like this show because it sharpens my ability to explain things. And now all the guests so far have found almost the same thing because you have to stick to one side. We can't just be like friends on the show. So rule number one is we start as friends. We leave as friends. Uh, you can't get upset. It's just a debate. We're just talking. And remember again to the listeners, just because one of us is arguing a point that does not actually mean that is our view on the subject, we are just doing a debate with no emotional attachment. There's 15 rules that we have to follow for the debate. If any one of the rules are broken, um, the other person gets to call the uh, the speaker on it. So we have the 15 fallacies we're not going to go over, but they'll be attached to the show notes. Um, if they're caught, nobody has been caught yet. If they have been caught, then the person has taken a deep breath. Say sorry, I got a little heated there, and then let the other person talk. Also, a compliment is needed. For the listeners, you also have to check us on this because this is my first time doing something like this. If you catch us in a argument fallacy that we don't catch, send me a video of the fallacy, and I will pay for that in push-ups, which we'll do in a further video. So watch the show, catch us on what's going on, and I will pay through physical exercise if we mess this up. Cool? So, Mukai, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Mukai. I'm a former Muay Thai and MMA fighter uh, turned entrepreneur. Right now, I uh, own uh, one of the top uh, Muay Thai kickboxing league in Western Canada, the Edmonton Combat League. Uh, we're currently working on doing uh, a Canadian national tournament with the WKA. That's the World Kickboxing Association. And that's happening right here in Edmonton at Nate. Uh, we're doing it inside the Nate Arena. It's going to be on uh, July 26th to the 28th. That's also, incidentally, the same weekend that we're having the UFC at Rogers Place. It's going to be like a martial arts fun-filled weekend. You know what I mean? It's going to be the tits, to say awesome. the very least. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah. So we will prop that show and put links on that at the end. We'll do the promo train. Let's get this debate started. So the topic that we've chosen is does power generation matter for self-defense? Mukai, you chose the pro or con on that. Pro, 100% a for power generation. 100% for power generation. So, as the show goes, we're going to allow Mukai to start. I'm hitting the clock right now. Mukai, opening statement. Oh! <laughs> uh, when it comes to self-defense, I think um, there's a lot of elements you have to consider. But ultimately, once it comes down to a physical confrontation, you know, you have to be able to give off enough power to either stun the person who's the aggressor or to create a scenario where you can escape because personally, I think escape is, 
is, is your primary uh, go-to. But, I mean, there are situations where somebody will, you know, corner you, box you in, uh, physically grab you. And at that point in time, if you're not able to generate enough power to either stun them or shock them so you can have that window of opportunity to, to, to make your, your escape, then, you know, it, it, it could go wrong for you. Cool. So I want to just clarify because I have a rebuttal, but I want to make sure my rebuttal is clear. Uh, when we say power generation, uh, how do you define power generation? Uh, when we say power generation, I'm talking um, being able to 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 give off enough power to do physical damage. So a lot of people focus on, let's say, being able to 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 blast off, you know, five, six, seven, eight strikes in one hit, or to, to you know to be able to stand there and physically go toe to toe with an opponent. Um, but without focusing, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like, so for me, power generation is, are you able to give off enough power to do actual damage? If I hit you in the nose, are you going to bleed? If I hit you in the eye, is it going to turn into a black eye? Am I, am I hurting whatever I hit? If I hit you in the mouth, am I going to get you a bruised lip? And are you know what I mean? Is it going to give you enough reason to back off for a second to assess your damage? All right, so then my opening rebuttal will be, uh, obviously I'm taking the con side of this. And again, one more reminder, I don't want angry emails. I'm just doing this for the debate show. Uh, so rebuttal. Uh, I do not believe that power generation is as important in self-defense as finding targets that are soft. So when power generation comes in, a lot of the ways that it's taught is creating space in order to close the space, turning your hips, throwing whatever. If the person who is in the encounter is smaller and weaker and in self-defense they usually are, decoupling and opening up space for the larger opponent to put their limbs in the way eliminates the ability to strike. So my argument today is going to be they, that the people should stay closer, not grappling, but stay closer and constantly poke and overwhelm soft targets. That makes total sense. And and, uh, and my comeback to that is... yes. Uh, Creating distance is one of the ways of generating power, and it's probably sure. the, the least effective one. Because uh, in my opinion, generating power comes from hip rotation and sure. being grounded and having a solid stance and balance. So okay. really, uh, and, and to attest to this, in Muay Thai primarily, which is my root art, you know, when you clinch, you generate, you know, th those are probably your deadliest strikes. I mean, I remember some show that was on Spike TV, the deadliest whatever. It came out that, you know, the Muay Thai knee and the clinch where you actually, you know, yeah. in close proximity and you deliver the strike was one of the hardest strikes you could deliver. Mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it's, it's more about um, rotational force while you're grounded on the ground. So, for example, your Muay Thai elbow, an open, an open palm strike. So mm -hmm. I definitely would have to say soft targets, yes, but you have to hit them with adequate power in order to get a reaction. And more so, like... Soft targets are usually the the the, the go-to defense sites for uh, predators, right? To say if you're a guy and you're trying to grab a girl, you know the most obvious attack is the groin attack. You know what I mean? Right. The visible groin attack. You know what I mean? Which is, I mean, I mean, if if you're a predator doesn't know to you know how to defend a groin attack, you should probably quit being a predator. Right. <laughs> but you know, just to, just to make a, a joke out of it. But really, yeah. I'm more about close quarters rotational force, sure. gains from hip rotation while being right. grounded. So I'm going to agree with that, but obviously, again, we have to argue our point. So uh, I'm going to disagree, quote unquote. So I disagree. I believe that what I'm saying is overwhelming shock is better than generation decoupling for force. So if a person is giving up 
professional fighters won't even give up five pounds in a fight. They won't take the fight or they'll lose money, right? So the best and the best know that weight makes a difference. The skill set that a lot of people use when you're looking at a sport base, I know you don't just do sport base, but I'm going to use that as an example yeah. right now. Yeah. When you're in a sport base and a clinch, like, yeah, that elbow does damage. If you're equal size to equal size, you're kind of just throwing something, right? What I'm saying is that the more space, the more, the more I let go, the more I'm not constantly overwhelming and popping, the more I'm trying to put force behind something as opposed to speed or just overwhelming tapping is not going to give a much smaller human being the advantage they need against a much larger person. Uh, I, I would have to disagree with that sure. because, again, like I said, uh, I personally don't think when size becomes a factor, getting yeah. into a, an exchange, because really if you start trying to land more than X amount of strikes, it becomes an exchange, you know, and mm -hmm. And if, if the strikes don't have adequate power to cause a reaction of some sort, so let's say you are throwing combinations of strikes, but they're not enough to make me have to block or parry or take counter action, you know, that, then it's not going to be effective enough. So even when you're talking about combination striking, the, 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 the combination attacks that you're throwing out at your opponent have to have enough power in them mm -hmm. to cause a reaction of some sort. You know what I mean? Whether sure. I'm moving out of the way or I'm parrying or I'm blocking, you need to have enough power to, to you know, to, to incite that reaction before you can, you know, I mean, you can get effective, uh, an effective measure of defense happening. Because I mean, let's say now, let's say I'm a 90 pound woman versus a 200 pound guy, and I blast sure. up three or four punches, yeah, in their chest, wherever, and mm -hmm. it has no effect, and they just end up grabbing you again. Yeah, right. And 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 to me, that's what I'm talking about. To say in close proximity, if you for example, a rear elbow from close proximity and rotate it into someone's nose, into someone's, you know, into their mouth, onto the cheekbone. There's mm -hmm. certain areas, like you said, that are soft target, soft tissue areas where it hits the right, so bone to bone, so elbow to to uh, cheekbone, elbow to your actual mouth, you know, elbow right. to certain places in your body, uh, ice, whatever, will have more damage than decoupling. So right. uh, uh, decoupling, I, I'd have to say decoupling isn't the best way to generate power because when you decouple, you do create too much space. And I'm more about inside tight rotational force. Sure. So um, then I think, so I'm going to pick on the, just the words you used uh, sure. because that's how debates work. That's right. Uh, so you said, you said, it's a debate. That's where we got to go. Uh, you said punches. So punches in sequence. So you're, so to be clear, you're saying like maybe keeping a half clinch and throwing the punch or throwing those elbows, not decoupling and throwing combinations. That's what you're saying. Yes or no? Uh, I'm saying half of that. I'm saying. Okay. So ultimately, you do what's what the situation dictates. Sure. But in doing what the situation dictates, it still has to have enough power behind it. Yeah, give you to 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 cause a reaction in the other person. Disagree. So there's certain targets. If I hit you in the throat with even minimum power, if my if a baby kicks you in the throat, you're gonna have a bad time. If a baby pokes you in the eye, thinking your eye's a marble and wants to grab it, that's also gonna suck, right? And like you said earlier, if the goal in the self-defense situation is to escape, all I need is two, three shots to get them to cover up that reaction you're talking about in order for me to to get away. So I don't think me making an eye gouge go and then throw rotational power into it. There's so much of a chance to miss when the, the space is close and you're attacking with without worrying about generating force in that super close quarter distance. You can cause a ton of damage to throat, ears, eyes, back of head regions, enough to get the person discombobulated or covering so they can then move forward. I would say uh, no to that because now, and, and again, I'm talking from a strictly predatory kind of, yep. kind of stance, mm -hmm. right? So if, if, 
in my in my experience, most predators are very familiar with covering the obvious targets like we talked about, right? So uh, the neck region, and even in the throat, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, and you're familiar with this in a in a in a combative situation where the person has a, an adrenaline dump and they've got you know a number of different hormones coursing through their body. Yeah, even a throat strike because yeah. as a professional fighter, I've been punched in the throat a couple of times. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have the the the, the distinct you know, uh, real back force unless it has enough force in it to to cause adequate damage to over overpower that adrenaline and that endorphin kind of kick that's in your body while you're in a combative situation. Sure. So force still plays a factor to say, even if you're clawing in someone's eyes and you miss, there has to be enough force in there to say you scratch the side of the cheek and in their mind and they get that whole, holy shit, I don't want one of those catching my eyes. So they do disengage and take a step back versus... You know, the worst thing you can do is land a strike and it has zero force behind it, which right. then empowers your aggressor. And ultimately, that's the, the, the stance I take to go. The worst thing you can do is take an opening, underperform in that opening. Yeah. Performance in this in this, in this this particular um uh, genre being power, you know, mm -hmm. to say, punch a guy in the face, not enough power to push him off me. Then he goes, okay, I'm in this fight. Now, instead of, you know, creating a situation that I can escape. Yeah. I'm Power and aggressor who now wants to overwhelm me uh, more so because they're like, okay, this guy doesn't have what it takes to put me off. Right. Interesting point. So when we're talking predatory uh, violence, which you're bringing up right now, mm -hmm. most predators don't actually want to get hurt because getting hurt equals getting caught. So I think there's no need for me to throw combos or hits. If I could gouge you in the eye hard enough and their eye turns and get a scratch and a pop and an ear slap, then that's it. The predator's done. They picked the wrong prey. Just like how a wolf doesn't attack the, the lead deer, it attacks the weak and the sick, so do predators. They picked you because they thought you were weak. If you put up even some fight, enough to cause damage, to leave some kind of trace that can be followed up by police officers, that's going to make that predator disengage. So there's no need. Also, when we're doing this stuff, I like to say the word behind the flinch. So if you're, if you're already behind their arms moving away so their arms can get in the way kind of screws you up. So we want to keep behind the flint so they can't use any of their defensive stuff. And if they do go full defensive, then we're bailing anyways. I, I'd agree, like, so again, I think we, we, should, we should stay away from, from talking about anything that creates distance because we're talking rotational. So rotational. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Right? No, no, no creating space. Even, even, even just even that though, even what you just did, even when you rotate your shoulder, you're still creating space for me to put something in the way. Yes, you are. You create space to put something in the way. Yeah. But in creating that space, you know what I mean? You, you, let's say, and in your experience, you do have two arms. So when someone creates space, they've actually created space for the both of you. So if someone right. braces out with, a, with their arm, it actually yeah. creates a scenario for you to pull the arm down and create more force going right. in, which becomes a, a, a tit for tat kind of thing where the person has to keep up with your martial skill, per, you know, mm. per se. To go, if I make space and then you go in, if you have the physicality to do that, if I put my arm in the way and my daughter jumps on it, my arm's not going nowhere. <laughs> right? So it doesn't matter because you're, again, you're thinking we're the same. We're not. If I, if, if, if my daughter's poking me in the eye and I just push her back, that's the end of that attack. Well, right? There's nothing she could do there. But if she kept close and I can't get my arms in the way, she could continue to damage. And if she affects my vision and my ability to breathe as an animal, I'm having trouble fighting back. See, but in that case, when you're talking about doing that kind of damage, Sure. I would say um, you need to generate enough force to do, you know, to, if you're going to scratch someone to leave a visible mark or to do damage where they can't breathe, right. you need to generate adequate force to do that. What do, you, what do you consider adequate force? Damaging force. 
damaging force. So to say, if I punch you in the trachea, for example, I yeah. could pop you in the trachea and it could surprise you, like, what the fuck was that? Or it could, you know, completely, like, shock you and knock the wind out of you and you start to choke and cough and spit and whatever. Sure. Yeah. To achieve the sec the latter, you know, you need adequate amount of force. Like regardless, it doesn't matter what size you are. Yeah. To go a baby, for sure, if a baby was to, or let's say your daughter who's let's say 60 pounds, yeah, was to just just straight put hand in my throat in and out as quickly as she could. Yeah. There's no guarantee that that will, you know, sure. cause enough of a reaction to get me to back off. Needless to say that even if she does it two or three times, since I'm gonna stand there and let her do it. Yeah. But if she's able to generate enough force in that one strike, bam. And you take a step back and cover your throat. That's yeah. going to create space, and that's ultimately what I'm talking about. Is say you you cannot gauge what's enough force or what's not enough force when you're in a computational situation. I so agree. If, you if you're not used to generating force, generating power, mm -hmm. and you and you just let something out, you've yeah. created a scenario where what you've done may not be enough. But if, for example, let's let, let's throw this hypothetical out there. You sure. always you know emphasize generating power. You hit the heavy bag. You, yeah. hit, you train with opponents who are significantly bigger than you in the whole pads. And mm -hmm. you know that in any given scenario, if I have enough room to, to, to from this position, rotate that way and use my arm, yeah. whatever I hit is going to feel it. If sure. I hit you in the jaw, it's going gonna, it's gonna to jar that. If I hit you in the throat, it's going to do something. If I hit you in the nose, it's going to do something. You know what I mean? If I claw it and come across your face, I'm going to scratch something off. If I, sure. you know, see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, yes, you can go for soft tissue. You can go with, with, with attacking obvious targets that will you know that aren't hard to hurt yeah. but what happens when you don't have enough force in that initial attack what right. happens when when you have to follow up with a second and third or fourth attack and you're now in an exchange situation with a significantly bigger opponent versus right. knowing that you have the power to one hit one kill and disengage the opponent so and and i'll defer to like the traditional martial arts to say a lot of people think when karatekas and those and kung fu people bust through rocks and bricks and that sort of thing it's like oh we're sure enough that we can punch shit but not really. It's just to teach a person to be able to generate enough force to punch to a hard target. So when they hit a soft target, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna suffer adequate damage. And that's sure. what that's my thing to go. Why worry about three and four and five attacks when yeah. you can work on, you know, if if I get one opening to someone's throat, that's gonna be all I need. If I get one claw at your eyes or the side of your face, or if I can hold your your ear and rip that, or if I can fish hook you, yeah. that's gonna be enough. Versus. Right. And, and, and to, to, to kind of emphasize my point, I think the worst thing you could do is engage when you mm -hmm. don't have adequate power and right. find yourself in, in, in a fight now with a significantly bigger person who now knows that you don't have the power to, to follow through on this uh, engagement. So I agree. I'm going to go back to something you said and then throw it back in your face because that's how debate works. So you said there's, yeah. a, there's, there's no guarantee that the power they throw is going to work. Right. Same thing with power generation, though. There's no guarantee that's going to work. So I think that if you could overwhelm them psychologically as opposed to biologically, so as opposed to try to spray and pray, knock them out, make them quit. We've seen predators don't quit. Very rarely street fighters quit, right? So when the person's coming at them, like quitting is tough until they're like out, out. When that's coming in, beating them psychologically Right. is more important. So making them think like, oh, this is damaging. Oh, that ear's coming off, right? Like tearing an ear is going to be way more effective than trying to knock them out and throw an elbow or bust a nose up because you know this. Just like how you said groin shots, I agree. Groin, groin shots are garbage. Uh, if you're a jerk, you've been hitting the groin, you're used to it, you can move forward. Same thing with breaking a nose. Lots of people can move through breaking a nose. If their job is like, if they're like you and they've been in a ring, boom, okay, this is part of the job, right? Right. So 
So I think the overwhelming, especially if you're giving up X amount of pounds, we didn't set a limit on pounds, so I don't want to keep going back so towards I, that. You know what? I, I don't but, think you need the limit. Okay. But yeah. if if when that's happening, like the, the only hope you have is to overwhelm that animal psychologically, not physically, right? So if somebody's much larger than you, all the power in the world's not gonna make like 120 pounds into a 300 pound person is adorable. Like it's they could be the they have perfect technique, perfect everything. They hit something not. Uh, targeted and they keep distance going to be trouble. If they hit a target, obviously it's going to be as effective. But if they hit them, boom, one shot and that doesn't work, then the person's like, oh, they gave me everything, right? As opposed to volume, overwhelming, psychologically making them think things through differently. So they're no longer on a forward attack path. I think that would be a better strategy. I have the default to saying, yeah, uh, it, it, in my opinion, in yes. my opinion, in yes. my opinion and experience, it is possible to to know that you can generate enough force to do damage. And this is why you have weighted bags, for example, to say sure. if I have a hundred pound bag and I'm able to hit it with enough force to get this much move and a swing out of it, this right. is adequate force to do damage to any kind of tissue, regardless who's who it's on. So to go, really? by the time I develop this much power, say if yeah. you can punch through, like let's say uh, uh, you have a hundred a hundred pound boxing heavy bag yeah and you can hit it boom and get a jerk and enough movement out of it that means you give enough enough power and enough uh uh force to move at least 100 pounds sure right yeah okay, i agree with that basic physics here so yeah. if you can do that boom and you move 100 pounds if you do that to any part of somebody's face it doesn't matter if you used to be in a fighter because now i can talk about being a fighter yeah you can hit with enough force Mm -hmm. typically cover up and take a primarily defensive stance. Yeah. Now, I can't, I can't use that as an argument because I'm a fighter and I go, well, what if a guy's not a trained fighter and he just right. rates through it, right? right? Exactly, which is where if you hit a person, for example, in the nose, yeah. right, boom, yeah. and it yeah. does enough damage for it to almost break. Yes. Yeah? Especially regardless of how trained or untrained or well-trained you are, there's mm -hmm. going to be a number of things that happen that you can't prepare for. You know, your right. eyes are going to tear up. The blood is going to start to go in your in your throat and it's going to start causing problems for you with breathing and everything. Mm -hmm. So doing those things is going to give you a significantly better chance, in my opinion, regardless sure. of whether the person is used to taking damage or not, to say, if I'm going to hit you once, bam, and you get a broken yeah. nose. You know, if I follow up with a strike to that, even if you grab me, if I go bam and follow up with an elbow strike of the same amount of power, yeah. now if you're dealing with a person who's not a professional fighter who can defend those things, yep. you're in a significantly better position. Sure. If you're dealing with a trained fighter or a trained martial artists, um, most trained martial artists know that if X amount of damage happens, I retreat. You know, yeah. so in my opinion, both those scenarios play out in your favor. So then I'm going to, we're almost out of time. So this is really good though. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, <laughs> last, so last thing then. So you have a 10 year old kid, 65 okay. pounds. Are you teaching them to go for soft targets? Or you teach them to throw hard punches? Both. Can't, you can't take both. You have have one side or the other here, right? So, <laughs> well, right? Like, well, so, so, okay, both is fine. Both is fine. But legitimately, yeah. if you do think, so let's go with your premise. Most predators know how to cover their soft targets. Okay. Right. What are you teaching this kid to stop a guy 250 pounds grabbing him? And this is my, and this is the, my thing to go. If, if, if you can hit with enough force to force someone to cover the soft targets, most yeah. soft targets when covered, yeah. leave you with, a, with the, with the, uh, the, the option to escape. Yes, so I agree. My, exactly. My my thing isn't to say you need to be able to punch holes through people. It's yeah. just, if I punch you in the shoulder, the yeah. next punch is going to make you go, okay, I don't want to catch that. Sure. And then I escape. Or if, I, if I'm punching out your throat, you're That's going you. to punch your throat. Yeah. That's you. Escape. 10-year-old kid. What are you teaching him? 
You can throw elbows at a giant attack. The 300-pound dude grabs him. Elbows? You think that's going to help? It, it's it's going to help in certain scenarios because what we're discussing here... Ah, uh, so, you know what? Finish your thought. Finish your thought. In my opinion, what we're discussing is when you're cornered and you have to fight. So yeah. I'm not saying if someone's coming at you, you're going to stand up and go, yeah. Rick, I'm about to roll with you. You know what I'm saying? Tell your old kid, yes, you're in, you're, this guy's cornered you. You've got you back to a wall. You've yeah. got no way out. Of course, I'm going to say you stand up. You put yourself in a situation where you have enough room to have balance, mobility, and you strike at something and you take the you know the first gap you get. Cool. But you strike hard. You strike hard and you strike fast. You know what I mean? So like, it's like Cobra Kai style. Strike hard, strike first. That's Cobra Kai. I wish I was Cobra <laughs> Kai in the world. Agreed. All right. Awesome, Bukai. So. We're gonna. So that was the end of time. Obviously, what we're gonna do now is uh, simply you're gonna do one more promo trade. So, how do people get a hold of you and uh, talk about your event one more time? Uh, to get a hold of me, just uh, my Instagram at Mukai Maromo M U K A I underscore M A R O M O, or just follow my promo at Edmonton Combat League. Um, always looking to chat with people. If you have questions, hit me up. Uh, if you wanna talk shit, don't. Uh, <laughs> Like I said, we've got uh, the, the the Canadian National Champions with the WKA World Kickboxing Association happening July 26th to the 28th at the NATO Arena. It's going to be a phenomenal event. We're going to pick a new team Canada to represent Canada in uh, international competition with the World Kickboxing Association. So I'm stoked for that. I want you all to come out. And uh, yeah, it was fun, man. Thank you for having me on the podcast. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, brother. Awesome. So now we're going to go to the final thoughts portion, which again is only for people that follow my Patreon. So we're ending the show here for free. But if you want the final thoughts, we're going to just kind of quickly discuss maybe five, six minutes. The the debate is a lot of a lot of things that both of us said. We both agree with the other person, I'm sure. So that's the part we're going to do now. So but again, I've pigeonholed the guest into having only say one side. So thank you. Because I'm a jerk. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Jump over to Patreon if you want final thoughts.